You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. DCI features an in-depth, ongoing instructional academy, plus a live education and networking summit where entrepreneurs from across the globe meet in person. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. And welcome back to another episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jared Morris, VP of Marketing for Rainmaker Digital, joined today by the founder and CEO of Rainmaker Digital, Brian Clark. And Brian, by the time people actually listen to this episode, I will have come to Denver and come home from Denver for our company meeting, uh, which is happening this week. And I'm excited to see you and to see everybody. Yeah, uh, it'd be good to uh, see all the new faces that have joined the company since a year ago. And uh, also to spend some valuable whiteboarding time so we can map yes. out some, uh, we're just, we've got more ideas than we know how to process, uh, all for the benefit of, of, of you all out there. Um, it's just, we got to sit down, get in a room, actually. That's the only time where it's challenging to be a virtual company. Just every once in a while, you want to be in the same room with someone and just write stuff up on the wall. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it, there's a special kind of energy uh, that happens, and we always get a lot out of these meetings. So I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. So, so, so let's go quickly today because I got to go get packed and <laughs> get ready for my flight tomorrow. Um, but I wanted to talk with you about, frankly, a topic that we have talked about a lot in a lot of different ways. Uh, you wrote about it a long time ago on Copyblogger, and it remains relevant. Uh, and that is this idea of digital sharecropping. And it came up again recently when Udemy decided that they were going to make a change to their pricing. And this was, I believe it was effective on April 4th. They actually, they updated their pricing and their promotions uh, on Udemy. And essentially what they did is instead of allowing you to you know, basically set your price all the way up to, I think it was about 300 bucks, they... They made everybody basically pick a price between twenty and fifty dollars in increments of five dollars, uh, and they had some some reasons to do this. And I think some of those reasons are defensible from their standpoint. But from the standpoint of online course creators, it's it's yet another example of why you you really don't want to build on rented land, or at least you better do it very smartly with a really smart strategy, because. You don't own the land. And so someone could, as Udemy did, just change the policy, change what you can charge for your course, and which ultimately is something that could really kill the profitability of your course, especially if you're someone who is selling for 300 bucks, and now the most that you can sell for is $50. So uh, I'm sure that you have some thoughts on this. Again, just another example of digital sharecropping uh, and <laughs> why you don't want to do that. Yeah, for, since 2007, we've, you know, we've warned about Facebook, we've warned about Amazon, we've warned about Udemy even specifically, and I'm, I'm even losing track of, of how many examples of this happening. But you know what? I don't blame the platforms anymore. I don't like them sometimes, but I mean, they're just doing what's in their best interest. I'm sure Udemy did an analysis that said, how do we make the most money? Well, we make the most money with volume that comes from this price range right? Mm -hmm. So what do you expect? And that's why uh, I try to gently but firmly say, look, people, be smart. It's not yours. You do not control what's going on. But 
I saw all the gnashing of teeth and, and complaining from, you know, course creators over at Udemy. I'm like, what did you expect? Yeah, well, and that's kind of the lesson here is it is disappointing. And I'm sure those people were very frustrated, but you have to, I mean, don't you kind of have to go into it just assuming that something like that could happen when you're, when you don't own the place that you build on? Absolutely. And I get the, you know, it's a marketplace, right? And that means there are people there who take online courses. There are people at Amazon who buy eBooks. There are, you know, there's a lot of people in general over at Facebook, but okay, great. There's people there. They're qualified in a certain way. Be strategic about it. You know, I saw one person, I think you may have sent me this. She was just harsh. She was, she didn't take the gentle, but firm approach toward the other Udemy people. She's like, you're an idiot. If you're like selling all your courses on Udemy, you need to treat it like eBooks over at Amazon where you, you, it's a big search engine and people are looking for books and you have a book on a topic. They find your book, they buy it. And then you're constantly telling them to go to your site throughout the book for go get the audio version for free. Get these, you know, get this flow chart, get this worksheet, get whatever. It's really just a step in, in the proverbial funnel because they're being strategic about the use of Amazon. Her argument was, well, that's what Udemy is for, too. There are people here who want to learn. They're going to search and find me. They're going to pay me money, not much, but some. Uh, to begin the first step of the relationship with me. And of course, during that course, I would imagine she is constantly pushing them to a website for some reason, her website, not anyone else's, uh, to sign up for something free or whatever, to get into a sequence or whatever the case may be for her premium offerings. Yeah. And that's what smart people do is they leverage course marketplaces to help build their build their own online training business. And it, you know, I think it's important to draw this distinction between online course marketplaces and learning management systems, which apparently there are, there are a lot of people who get confused by this. And I think maybe that's where this issue comes up with people being disappointed by what Udemy did is if you go to Udemy and you think, okay, you can put your course up here and you own everything and you're going to own the terms of engagement with the customer forever. Well, that's just not a good understanding of where you are and, and what a place like Udemy is. It's a marketplace. So yes, there are going to be lots of people there who are looking for online courses. It will get your course out in front of those people. Maybe you'll be featured in a Udemy newsletter. So there's different ways that you can help get some maybe quick attention. But the difference is when you have a learning management system and you've built a course on your own website and you own it, you can charge whatever you want. You can build an email list and own that email list. You, you can base your communications with people based on how they actually interact with your site and with your content because you own all of that. And so it's important that people understand the differences between the two because while there is a place, if you're going to be really smart about it and strategic about it, there is a place for an online course marketplace in your overall online training business strategy, but you've got to eventually get them back to your own site, to your own learning management system so that you can, again, so that you can own those terms of engagement with the people so that you can set your own prices because that's what's eventually going to allow you to maximize your profit in the long run. Yeah, and I've warmed up a bit to... 
you know, the, the value of an ebook at Amazon or maybe a low price course um, at Udemy. But but here's something you also have to realize: you don't create credibility and authority by teaching a course. You know, no one's going to select your course in Udemy when you've got no credentials uh, to back up what you're teaching. On the other hand, uh, Brian Harris calls this the learning out loud method or, you know, Tim Ferriss does this. He basically experiments, he learns and he shares, which builds an audience, which creates his authority and expertise, which means he can teach any course he wants. Right. So, again, uh, if you're an established, uh, credible authority or instructor on a topic, then sure, why not throw something into Udemy? But if you're just starting out, that's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You've got to learn out loud and build an audience, which is content marketing. Um, so even though, again, I can see the strategic benefit of it, it's not someplace that you run to right away. And then when you're further down the line, uh, I would say where we are, because thanks to 10 years of copy blogger, you know, I'm not even sure that uh, you would want to mess with that channel but who never say never you may talk me into it well yeah well just to to kind of provide a concrete example there you know let's use the showrunner as an example so you know we've got this course it's uh, the last time we launched it was 649 dollars for the course obviously we couldn't charge that on udemy but we were able to charge it ourselves because we knew what the value was and we're able to set the price because we own it so might one way if we were going to do this and I'm not saying we would but if we were going to leverage an online course marketplace it wouldn't be put the entire showrunner course in there it would be maybe take a small piece of it put that you know maybe you know a quick start guide or you know a a, a quick course on naming your show or whatever it would be something small in there uh, and and use that as a way to again target people that we already know are taking online courses but then we're sending them back to the showrunner to listen to the podcast where we do a lot of our learning out loud, like you talked about, and then to get them into the course. But certainly not to put the whole thing there and bank on that as the entire revenue strategy. Yeah. No, I mean, you should try that. I mean, I'd be interested in seeing if, if that got some results. I mean, you know, it, it depends on a lot of variables. Do people go to you to me to learn something like podcasting or is that more of an open web thing? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just really hard. But experimenting with that type of stuff, especially when you're repurposing content you already created, there's not a whole lot of brain damage or risk involved in in that you're wasting your time. You're just repackaging something and putting it in in a marketplace and seeing what happens. That's that's a decently smart strategy in my mind, and I'd like to see what would happen. Yeah. But the overall, the big idea here is don't build everything on a place that you don't own, own because ultimately it could kill your profitability if you're not able to charge what you want, if you don't own the ability to communicate with your audience members, with your customers on your own terms and when you want to, because those are going to be the two big drivers of what you're able to do on a go forward basis. How much can you charge? And then how much you're able to keep communicating so that you can turn customers into repeat customers. Because if you don't give yourself that ability, you're just, I mean, you're chopping yourself off at the legs before you even get started. Yeah. And you have to be quite aware that with these strategies with Amazon, Udemy, whomever, some people say, well, I'm acquiring a customer. No, you're not. Amazon's acquiring a customer or, or keeping a customer. You got your product sold by someone else. If they don't take action based on content that's inside the product or the course, 
then you don't have a customer. Okay. So never make, never confuse that. There's always a benefit, even if you're selling a low price gateway product to being the point of sale. It is, it's, you know, and that's why content marketing and building an audience, you, you just can't stop talking about how valuable it is because these other people are relying on someone else to bring the audience, whether it's Facebook, Amazon, Udemy, whatever the case may be. They're saying, I don't care about having a direct relationship with people. And that's, that's just a huge mistake, but we see it happen over and over online. We do. Well, if you want more insight on how to build your online training business the smart way, Brian actually developed a course about this inside of Digital Commerce Academy. And so we encourage you to go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce, and you can actually get a free membership to Digital Commerce Academy, which will give you access to the first four lessons in Brian's course, totally free. Uh, You can also get three lessons then in the course on marketing funnels, uh, along with a bunch of other goodies that are in there, but it's at rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. So go there, get started with your free membership and uh and learn other smart strategies for building your online course the way you should do it well brian i think that wraps up another episode looking forward to seeing you tomorrow yeah i'll see you tomorrow which is really a week ago yes (laughs) (laughs) this this time shifting always gets to that's right and we will talk to you all in a week which is really two weeks from now come on I think that's right. I think so. All right, everybody, have a great week, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of The Digital Entrepreneur.